Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're talking about one of the biggest blowouts between myself and Luann, the Miami trip where the Real Housewives of New York becomes the Luann show. For this episode, I really wanted to get content creator and TikTok sensation Griffin Johnson's take. He is from a different generation, watching content that is of the age of his parents. And what does a young man from an entirely different generation think about this circus? For context... Griffin was nine years old when my first season of The Housewives aired. So I was really curious to get his generation's perspective on the show. This is effectively mom tent to him. What does it look like to someone in their early 20s? And in our conversation, I'm sharing behind the scenes stories that I've never shared before. Is life really a cabaret or is it a cabernet? Let's find out. Well, Griffin, you are at my bar, at my house, and this is my dream place to do the podcast, and I'm only here in the summer now for the most part because Paul is in Boston and I'm in Connecticut, so I don't get here as much, particularly for work, and this feels right. It feels right. This is it. This feels right. I want to describe to people how we met Mm. before we embark on this crazy housewives (laughs) review discussion so my recollection of meeting you is having you on the podcast Uh there was something about you that was very um gracious earnest kind and good and i liked that and i was excited that i could tell Bryn that i was having somebody who's a big deal with millions of followers (laughs) on tiktok on the podcast and then our paths kept crossing in unlikely ways with other business people. And it felt yeah. like you were trying to sort of get into the next level of business space. You had succeeded in social media, undeniably, and were making a living at it very young, long, you know, decades before I made a living at anything. But you were looking for something else. That's what I, that's my perspective now in looking at it. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so I did start on doing the TikTok stuff. I went on your podcast, which is how we kind of initially met. You understand sort of where we came from because 
TikTok from the public kind of gets like, uh, someone doesn't call you a celebrity. They're like, oh, you are a TikTok star. You're TikTok famous. You're TikTok famous. It's not like a movie or like, you know, music or something like where you're just famous. It's, it's like, true. you know, TikTok kind of has its own lane, um, which I feel like, you know, reality TV sort of does too. It's like, yes. oh, you're a reality star. You're not just like famous. It's hard um, to cross over. It's, yeah, I'm trying to like put it into perspective, but people, I think people understand is like, you know, you don't think of a reality star the same as you would think Brad Pitt. So, Mm-mm. you know, there's a few lanes. It's like entrepreneurs and like movies and music. Like there's a, there's things that make you credible. And, um, you know, not a lot of people understand where I'm coming from and where I'm trying to go. Uh, and that's kind of unique. And I feel like that's kind of why we cross is... It's just through that i don't know it's like you understand me more than most people can understand my career and where i've been and what i'm trying to do and how difficult it really is and the moves you have to make because you you are i've said to you respectfully you are young and there's no way that you can have the institutional knowledge of making all the no. mistakes <laughs> that someone like me has made on my own navigating it on my own and i'm thinking about what you're saying so for me i've done the quote unquote rinse where people take me seriously as a businesswoman not just that I was on Housewives, but it's still where I came from. So you still obviously have to speak TikTok language and live TikTok life, but you're trying to ride two horses at the same time. You're trying to to, to bust out a little bit and then you'll decide whether you want to leave that. That's the hardest part though. You know that like riding both because it's like I still have to make TikToks even though I don't really want to make TikToks, but I have to do it to keep it going in order for this to work, like the other lane to work. Well, you don't mind doing TikToks, it seems like, but the TikToks that the people want are yeah, the yeah. bro content. They want the bro content. You're a bro with the, the, you're sitting with your other guys, chilling with your homies. Yeah, yeah. Right? Eating doing, junk food and drinking alcohol in the house and dancing. Right. That's, That's literally it. Like, just not being a bum, but like... There's like, nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like we really didn't do anything. That's funny. Which we did, it left us with like zero brand. It's right. like, we're just the dudes that got a lot of likes and then people are like, what do you do? And then you're like, I make TikToks. Like you don't have a brand. You've already evolved because I think you were on the podcast and I think I gave you, I don't think it was Josh. Maybe it was Josh, the homework of tell, saying what your brand was. Cause yeah, yeah, Josh, it was the homework for me. I think that you and I both in talking about possibly doing something together. I don't know when that started. You were asking me advice about something different and you had a project that you thought I might be interested in. And I have never, and I don't, I don't even like, I've never had a mentor. I don't mentor people. I don't, so I'm using that term very loosely because it's just the only way I can say it. I had never taken interest in someone's career who's younger in a totally different space. I could say it's because of my daughter, but I don't think it really was. I think you're very unique. You're very smart. You're very honest. I think that even having you at my house today, I think that people think like, I think you're totally misunderstood. It doesn't matter and it's fine because most people that are famous, <laughs> no, I'm saying from J-Lo to Ellen to whoever, a lot of people have are different at home than they are in their business right. career. That's fine. But you're really a hometown guy. Like it's not a bit, it's not an act. Like you really are a you hometown guy. couldn't get any smaller, yeah. So... I was the first person ever to monetize reality television, like period, the end, full stop. The first person, it woke up the entire entertainment industry because it was on, I was on the cover of Forbes and it was in the Hollywood Reporter that while no one was really paying attention, I was talking about this dumb, dumb brand that I had thought of, which is all over here, the skinny girl brand, this one flavor, and it just took off. And then the spinoff of the show for, you know, a beam, a company came to me to buy it for a lot of money. And I like became successful and rich at the same time on television in front of this audience. So this is where I came from. And in my, you know, and as an adult, like your late thirties and you don't know what you're going to do with your life. You don't know how you're going to support yourself. You really don't have family. No, you I don't. understand. And not in my thirties, but I still understand. So I couldn't imagine if I had another 10 years, yeah, 15 you, years. You don't know like what's really going to happen. You know, so this all happened in front of everyone. And I think that's what they appreciated, the the authenticity and just like me being vulnerable about it. I wasn't showing <laughs> off Gucci bags and facials and all the phony bullshit now that's on the Housewives. But this is where I came from. You know Carrie Bradshaw is? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Okay. Sex in the City. 
Carrie, okay. Carrie Bradshaw. Do you know? You know? You know what Sex and the City? I know. Is. It's that's a soap opera, right? No, it's a, this is a, it's this is this is this is what this is about. This is what we're doing, people. This is what we're doing. I, I've heard Sex in the City this, though. Well, I'm sure my mom has watched. Well, yeah, my mom watches it. By right, I your don't... mom and grandmother are gonna have to come on next time. But is okay. it not a soap opera? It, it effectively is, but it's not. No, it's a dramatic show of four. It's like Entourage for women. Okay. Do you know what Entourage is? I know what on yeah. Right. Doug Allen's, yeah. Right. So it's Entourage for women that were living in the city that were, it was almost like a sexual revolution because all the girls that you say follow you and message you now are showing <laughs> their bikinis and their scantily clad outfits and being, and being slutty is cool. Back in my day, this was not something women were like talking about having sex and giving blowjobs. It just wasn't done. So that right. show woke up like I'm in my 30s, I'm dating. I tried to put myself in the time as well because it makes it a lot different. Wait, when? What do you mean? Like when the when the show came out. What show? You're the... Sex and the City? Housewives. Oh. I'm saying like I try to put myself in those shoes even because it's like... Oh, when you watched it last night. Yeah, because when you guys were doing that, it was a completely different time. Okay, wait. So we're going to get into Now that. it makes more sense. So we're going to get into that. So Carrie Bradshaw was in her late 30s and she kept... Not know being with the wrong men and dating and trying to find the right key to the door. And she didn't know where she was in her life yet. So I was that for the housewives in New York. Everyone else was rich. Everyone else had a rich husband or a car they were renting to wow. pretend they were rich or they were divorced and had a title or something that made them. And so I was a weird choice casting wise because I was living in an Ikea Shitty You're like the question mark. Exactly. Kind of like what's going to happen with Thank it. you. So, okay. so I was on for three seasons. And I left. I've always left at the top, in my opinion, like when you wouldn't expect me to leave. I left for three seasons. Then I came back for probably like four or five. And then I left again. So what you saw was during the comeback period. The B is back. So this is Rewives. And I can't say there was like a scientific formula to why I chose the episode for us to watch. There's just some episodes. I did Google what a cabaret was. So if that tells you anything, I mean... First thing I did, I was like, I thought it was like Cabernet, like the wine or something. And I was like, oh, it's about wine. Well, it's about wine, too. It is but about it's like wine a, also. It's like a weird, like, nightclub vibe. Like a burlesque show. Yeah, you're going to be great. I actually am loving you more and more as we do this because and I know my <laughs> producer is, too, because people don't think about how different generations really speak a different language. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I would never think you didn't know it's Sex in the City or Cabaret were. We're talking a different fucking You guys language. said Cabaret like everyone should know what that is. See? It's like I had never heard that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up and I was like, what? That's amazing. Okay, so. Because it's a title, so you know it's big. Oh, I was I'm like, but you're very, that's one thing too. You're very analytical. Like you'll do research. I had to. But I mean, what do you general. think I'm going to do? Go walk in and be like, yeah, cabaret and I have no idea. But I would walk in cold because I never prepare for anything and I would just ask what's cabaret. So what okay. do you think cabaret is now? Because I don't even totally know, but I think I know. I think it was kind of like what that girl was on the poster. It was like a nightclub party kind of vibe. Right, but what does it feel? It feels like a little like Vegasy to you? Like what does it yeah, feel like? Yeah, like Vegas. Like a little... Like Vegas, like if I was going to walk in somewhere, it'd be like one step down of a strip club. Right. Exactly. It's like bur that's what you know burlesque is. No. It's like one step to the side of a strip club. It's yeah, like, it's like the step down. It's like the strip club without the like half naked girls. Right, but it's a little like. It's but it's got, like, like sexy. Yes, dark and sultry and like feathery. So I'm on it. Yeah, you're okay. fully on it. Okay. Yeah, that's like it's like a lounge act. Right, it's right. a lounge act, which is a throwback to like. You'd smoke like one of those long like. Cigarettes. Cigarette yes, things, you know, exactly. like from uh, Dalmatian. Well, your Boardwalk Empire is that show about like Atlantic City during Prohibition when alcohol was forbidden and like they're all just swanky. Swanky. Which, yeah, well, that was the initial okay. probably sexual revolution before Sex in the City when women were really feeling their sexuality then and it closed down for a while and now it's back open. It's back. It's back. It's fully back. Have you ever seen Pretty Woman? Uh, the movie? I know like what it is. I haven't. I don't right. It's a prostitute who marries, ends up marrying Richard Gere, a finance guy. But the outfit that she was wearing when she met him, she walked through a Beverly Hills hotel and everyone was shocked by it. Megan Fox wore a lot less to the VMAs last year, a lot less than what used to be shocking as a prostitute would wear. Like it's just, there's no, you could wear, right now wow. you could wear, as I mean, I think like, you can yeah. wear anything you want. You I can think wear like a the biological, the legal biological 
parts of your vagina can't be showing and that's it like li- like like literally use a piece of yarn yeah like just whatever the legal limit of your like that's that nope that's not your actual vagina whatever the like the actual like literal definition of your vagina is as long as that's not showing you can wear it like, as long as there's a question mark is if that is your vagina exactly like, is it yeah as long as it, yeah as long as it's not we don't know we can't definitely identify it as a vagina in <laughs> dna experience then you can wear it out and the same thing is with your nipples the shady part around it's fine but the little like eraser at the end of a pencil that cannot be showing that's it that <laughs> and you the, just caught the end of a pencil yeah like an eraser like okay. yeah as long the as nip, that yes the teat, the, the teat. thank you all okay right. all right so let's get into rewind Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was good it? Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Huh? Oh! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't remember the names of all the people, but I do have a lot of questions about the entire show. In general, I know this was a show, so you're being filmed and whatever. But I think it was interesting to see, like, I think my mom really, like, and, like, a lot of women that are moms want to just be, like, cool. Like, they they still feel young and, like, whenever, especially when their kid's leaving or whatever, I think it's just a lot of, a lot of them are lost. You go through, like, a period where it's, like, from, I don't know, let's say 18, 19, you're lost until, like, I don't know, 25, 26, 27, 28, whatever. And then you kind of have a period where you, you know, get married, have kids, whatever, find yourself for a while. And then that kid is like graduating, going to college. And then you go through like a whole thing again where you're like lost. And I think Housewives like really showed me. It's like, wow, like, you know, yeah, my mom's older than me, but she really just wants to be cool and like still be like a like a cool mom. Well, you're describing that. That's really interesting. You're describing that so you're in your 20s and you're having fun and you're partying and you've got like freedom stage. Yeah. And then in your 30s, people start pressuring you and you should be getting married and then you've got to be on some path. Right. So you've got this like, let's say, even if you're 32 and you're nowhere near married, but you want to be, 
or figuring out your career, it's still on your mind. The responsibility phase is on your mind. So you're going to be in that responsibility phase, even if you're an embryo in that phase from 32 to let's say 50 for arguments. Yeah. Right. So you've got an identity locked in. Even if you're working, you're still managing. Like I'm aware right now, my daughter's in the house. What is she doing? Is she having fun? It's in my mind. I'm in the responsibility (laughs) phase, right? So and I'm a late bloomer. But so these women, their kids are off to college. It's like they're done with their responsibilities. They want back their 20s. I think that's why you did so well on the show. Like it's evident that like you've like you're like hip and cool and they weren't. Ah. And like you're just able to like break it down, I think. Like you're just on a completely different wavelength than they are. They're like the moms that are like already have rich husbands and they're like settled and bored. And you were kind of like this person that's like, I don't know, you were more real, more grounded. And I think it was because you were saying you were like broke and still were living a very normal life and they right. weren't. And like, I don't know. Did they pay you extra to be a therapist? <laughs> I mean, didn't. like, it was crazy. I... <laughs> You're like the counselor, like the summer like counselor. <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard it described like that. But you're describing women that all of a sudden want to go back to their 20s. They want to live I that so, phase yeah. again. I understand it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm living a great life. Like, I definitely am going to regret not living it more, I feel like. Um, so I, I get it, but yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. And I, I think that's what made you a star really is like, I look at this and they're, everyone's kind of looking at you to show them how to be cool. That's so funny. And you're watching one episode you're talking about. This is one I, I oh my God. And it's so funny because so that, yeah, I guess that episode, yeah, that, that episode is as indicative of the whole thing as any other. So, (laughs) so I'm thinking about how crazy I was and I had just experienced a death. So I was, uh, I, I had someone in my life for 32 years who was a good friend who I knew from really college, younger than, younger than you. So I knew from, from college. We were friends for years. And I did not realize that he always had a thing for me until probably like two to three years oh, so before that history. scene. So we had history. So two to three years before that, that episode you watched, um, he came here out to the Hamptons and said, like, I've been in love with you for all these years and wanted to be together. And I had just come out of a rough divorce. And so it seemed like a fairy tale and I wanted to get involved with him. And, but he was, I was close to him regardless. We were on, we were off. It wasn't that, it wasn't that positive of a relationship, but I loved him and I cared about him. And he died weeks before that season started. So I came in to, I I had to shoot. It was three weeks before the season started. He died. They thought she's never going to come back. And, since then, there are rules about having to film and all this stuff that are crazy. But I just said, I'm going to do it anyway. Even though I'm getting paid, no matter what happens, I'm coming back and I'm going to film. So I came up with the cameras and went through grief and all this crazy shit. And Which is great for TV, bad for you. Right. It was great for TV, bad for me. And the girl who was the cabaret singer, also out here in the Hamptons, I got a call that she was having a meltdown at her house. Literally five minutes Are you away. guys like... Sort of friends, though. You're friends because of the show. It's something that you're now friends yeah, with like, work. It's an like, office, inter-office friendship. And it's the same way with everybody. So you're a little bit friends, but not become, like you don't hang out that much. No. And that's But if a, they needed something, you'd be there. But like. You get into this weird state where you think it's your real life because right. someone was on the field with you and you, 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 you passed the ball. They caught it. And it worked well that day. And now you're bros. So later <laughs> you're like feeling like you're friends, but you're not really, you weren't friends before and you might not be friends after, but like on that field, you're friends or enemies. Somebody that fucked the game up and is an asshole ruining the whole team. Like it's just the way that it works, but you don't think about it until later. So you're shooting. It's all you're thinking about. It's all you're talking about. It's concentrated. You go you're on living it. To, it's real. You're living like it's no joke. Like. Oh, no, I think no you joke. understand what I'm saying. A lot of people thought that what I did was fake. Like what our group did was fake. The drama, the relationships, everything. Like you actually get sucked in. No, yeah, exactly. Even if it's not real, it feels real. You're talking about these houses, this hype yeah, house. Yeah, the drama house. and no, all this. Real. You get it, exact right? Exact same thing. But you just didn't have a reality show about it, right? You're living in yeah, on social media. Yeah, you guys just media. had cameras on you Correct. all the time. Yeah, they mean, should have had a reality show. It's ridiculous they didn't. I don't know why someone wouldn't have a reality show. That's we kind of did like a half-assed one. But no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know why someone wasn't in on that. that okay. Yes, it's totally real. What's happening is real. Here, if you get into a fight with some guy over a girl in the Sway house or whatever house you were in, it's real. But in your real life, you wouldn't be in the fucking Sway house. So it's real what happened in the Sway house. (laughs) It's real what happens to me in Turks and Caicos when someone literally shit a bed. Like, 
literally shit. But I'm not in situations where people shit a bed in my normal shit life. Shit in I, a bed? Yes. There was, someone had, there were two situations. Is this on the show? It is on the show. They what? put a poop in the bed on the I show. think it was as a result of some sexual encounter in one show. And then another time we were in Columbia and someone <laughs> shit her pants on you the floor. You can't make this up. No, you can't. It actually <laughs> happened. But in my normal life, I'm not experiencing people that are shitting themselves. Yeah, poop beds. Yeah, so yeah. So that, it's real, but it's real in that environment. But so anyway, that weekend, the weekend that we're referring to in that show, when I'm like, I, and this is getting forward, we'll go in the beginning, but I'm like, I took care of you. I was at her in the Hamptons. This is 100% real. The woman, Barbara, who was like, I want to leave the house. I don't feel like I'm included. She, you know, in the, the cabaret the girl, or is no, that, the no, the one, first the long, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the long the one that's from the Bronx and yes. she puts the spray tan on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Sprays is, the yes, bed. Thank you. Yep. She was out here. She's been friends with Luann a long time. I got a call. And Luann was like FaceTiming people and freaking out. And that weekend, she had some housewife from another city over there. And that person was leaking stories to the press. This other housewife was leaking stories to the press and showing the press. Because this is the thing about housewives. There's never been a more desperate group. Never. Like they now? Ever. They just, a non-relevant, a semi-relevant housewife is like starving an animal in the woods whereas there's a fucking stake somewhere they're gonna find it you don't understand a, a semi-relevant housewife like a peripherally relevant like housewife, one that wants to be at the top like, but is like, like right on the brink of it anywhere wasn't making any money is divorced and saw a glimmer of light in their life somewhere and now somehow just is so close to it you know what the closest way to get to it is fucking rat a housewife out to the press you're at a house there's this a housewife coming toxic. undone. There's a housewife drinking, FaceTiming, hurting herself, getting on a boat, driving wasted, almost killing other people, doing drugs, all of it, eating pounds of caviar. Luann was shoveling in caviar at the house. I don't know why someone brought a tin of caviar and she was shoveling it in, wasted in a state. People were calling me. So I don't know why, because I'm always like this. It's why I do relief work. It's why, and it's a problem. I'm not that close with Luann. I'm not that close to her. But for some reason, if I hear something's going wrong with someone, I'm like, I like, I go. Right. And I got, and I went over to her house and I saw how crazy was. It was she the one that went to rehab? Yes. Okay. So I spent, this was right before we were going to do the reunion, which is like a very crazy experience of hours and hours of reviewing a season. It's tiring and you want to like, it's like the big game. It's a Super Bowl of Housewives. You want to, you want to rest and hydrate prior and after. All kidding aside. So instead of hydrating before and after I did an intervention at Luann's house, like a full fledged. We're going to get her to a facility. I got Bravo to pay for the facility. I called them. They said, I have the receipts. They said, we're not paying for that. No. And I'm like, really? You, you, you have to fucking pay for it. Like I really got them to pay for it. They agreed. I also got them to agree to pay her for the reunion. Cause I knew that she'd show up and do something harmful to herself or someone else. I said, you have to agree that you'll pay her for the reunion, even if she doesn't go, because she's going to go to rehab. So I got them. I, why am I getting involved in that? It's not my fucking business. Yeah, right. I You're negotiating? Her, I don't know why, because I have a problem. You've seen me do it for you. You know how I am. So I, I like getting involved in stuff to help people. So I, I got Bravo to agree to pay Luann for the housewives reunion when we all have to go there and like get our asses beaten. She <laughs> stayed home and I got them to pay for her to go to rehab. So then when you see that final scene, she left rehab early. Right. Which is crazy. She left rehab early and was calling all the friends because she got really addicted to all of us helping her and being Team Luann. We had group chats and other, she was like, can you please return this pillow? Can you please return? Like, And Barbara was the number one minion. And that weekend, the reason I say that, I got two lawyers on a Sunday to come to Luann's house to get her to sign that Barbara could have power of attorney because she was making bad decisions with her money and she wanted to buy this crazy six, $7 million house. So I, we intervened and Barbara and I were at her house. We got two lawyers there. I'm not good friends with Barbara. I like Barbara, but she will, she will confirm everything I've said. Everybody will always confirm because I am a person that everything I ever say, I have receipts and I have other people that saw it. So the two lawyers came over. That's what led us into. So when she's frolicking to swim in the ocean and looking at her poster and being so selfish with everybody, I fucking popped off so we'll get there that's, that's crazy because she seems pretty level like headed on the show she's just like it's kind of i don't know the theme of it is she's just selfish right because you're seeing a person who went to rehab and is now the expert of rehab and yeah a, like yeah, and yeah. i'm per you know i'm coming out 
that's what that is. You know what I mean? Some so this is the pre-show. This I'm, is what happened before. I'm telling you the pre-show. Yeah, so, so the audience knows that I fucking popped off because, but the audience wasn't here that weekend seeing me at her house. The cameras would have loved to pull up and watch me do an intervention, but I was not. I was living my real life in the Hamptons. Right. Feeling bad for her. But that's what really happened. And the show and the producers know what really happened. So they, at least, I guess, they didn't incorporate that, but I guess we discussed it at the reunion, which right, we should right. do rewives reunions too. Anyway, okay, so let's start at the beginning. I just wanted to give some color. No one knows most of that story, I don't think. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we're in Miami at this... This is New York, though, right? This is... Was it Housewives New York? Wait... But it was in Miami? No, this is all in New York. Oh, it's Real Housewives. Of- oh, because the trips are where all the shit happens. So no. this is Real Housewives of New York, but it's taking place in Miami. Exactly. I was so confused. I'm like. Exactly. All right. Yes. The trips are what production really wants because you do a whole season buildup of what's going on and then you put everybody together. Because like a vacation. So you're like ready to like go out and have fun and rage. But you're trapped. You're vacation in a hamster hamster habit trail. Like you're in you can't leave. Tank. Like you can leave on orchestrated visits. You're like yeah, in right, an insane right, right. asylum, and we get to go out and do activities that are shot. <laughs> and so it's funny because Ramona, the one, do you know who Ramona is? Ramona's the one who um was like, you get to go on a date. Why don't I get to go on a date? Who was like. Just describe what she looks like. She had like a fringe dress and she's blonde and she waited for Luann when we went out to the restaurant. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so that's Ramona. She's classic. She's iconic. She has like the shorter hair, right? She has the shorter hair. Okay. And she just will elbow anybody out of the fucking way to get a man or get what she get the room, get the biggest room. Ruthless. That's Ruthless Ramona. Yes. Yes. She's Ruthless she's, Ramona? Yes. Ruthless Ramona. Okay. You just made that up. But the thing about Ramona is she's a woman who... She always brings the drama, but doesn't kill the party. 
Ooh. Like there's someone who will bring the drama. I feel like it's a great compliment. Right. She'll bring the drama and like everyone will she hate She stirs her. the pot. I mean, she'll say something completely wrong. She's the apologizer, but she bounces right back and you just, you, she's just, she's a good ingredient. She's a good ingredient. She's a great, yeah. She's that fucking pepper that's in the that's back weird. of your mouth. That, yeah. Like, I don't even know what to call that. Yeah. I would just say that she stirs the pot. She's, she's really, she's like really good at getting everyone fired up and then backing out. She'll back out. She'll get back. Yeah. She's a disaster. Yeah, I know. She's no, a disaster. Really so that's Ramona. So we go on the trips because they want us to be concentrated and they want all the issues to come out and pop to the top. Of course. They want it all to come out. Everything we've been bubbling all season. This is when you, it all bubbles up, pops off the top. Then you come back and then you do that reunion later and then like rehash it all out and like calm it down so we can do another season next year and do the same thing all over again. Oh, get God. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're in Miami and we're all um, sitting around because the night before Sonia has smashed a table with her foot. <laughs> I like her. She's funny. You? Why do you like her? She just doesn't give it like she just doesn't give a shit. She just does whatever she wants to do. And uh, I don't know. I think she was like a fun character, like a fun character in Puzzle Piece. Yes. Like she's just a good time. Sonya's a good time. That's what she is. She's a good time. Yeah. You like. Right. OK, that's funny. Yeah. And she's like got a sweetness to her, though. No. Yeah. Like she seemed like the least evil. Do you? Th- like a lot of them are like, OK, they're playing chess and like they have intentions to do something to get on top. But like. I really think she was just there for a good time. That's exactly <laughs> it. And did you think that her um, that there was validity in her emotional outburst post AA meeting? I mean, yeah, she's kind of a mess, but like I, I don't know. I think I I understand what she's saying because I'm not a very emotional person. I feel like she, I can kind of relate with her, where it's like she doesn't want to talk about what's wrong with her. She would rather just like subtly fix it without speaking to anyone about it like she doesn't want to acknowledge that she has an issue she doesn't want to speak about it because she's like i feel like i'm my own worst critic and when people tell me i'm doing something wrong that i already know i'm doing wrong i get really insecure about it interesting so i feel like when she went to that i understand what she's saying maybe i can relate with her and that's why i liked her so much but like she didn't want to sit there and speak to people she kind of blamed it on them being like lesser or like she feels like uh, they have way bigger problems than me and like I feel like an outcast. But really, I think she just felt silly to sit there and she was embarrassed. Interesting. But, wow, that was good. Yeah, that's what I took away from that though. Interesting. Okay, and so Barbara, who wanted to leave, she's been the ride or die for Luann. She sort of wouldn't be on the show. She's like the for- minion. Is that the spray tan one? I want to get these names out. Yeah, that bothered me so bad. The spray tan? She sprayed it on the bed. It bothered me too. It hurt my feelings inside. I mean, my OCD was going crazy. It was like a white bed frame. She's like, got to get that Bronx Barbie tan. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? No, it bothers me so much too. Crazy. But by the way, spray tan, and as you know, I am a beauty influencer. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I don't fuck around with spray tan. It's yeah, a, yeah well, then you get on your hands and it's on your knuckles and your knuckles are like orange. Oh, you've seen girls with... Of course, like prom. Are you kidding me? Like high school prom and the cheap spray tan. It's like their knuckles are orange. How much of a turnout is, turn off is that? I mean, it looks like they just fisted a bag of Cheetos. Like <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. Like, And you can't get it off. They're going to prom. They wore prom. It doesn't get... Yeah. And she's Cheeto like... hands at prom. I thought you used a mitt and you like... Like <laughs> lathered it on. She's just going like... I, I just I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was baffled. That was a that was a low point. You can't get an even spray with a. <laughs> I mean, I mean, How do you know that? There's just no way. Have you How ever spray you painted know? something? That's... There's layers to that shit. Stop. And like if you can't do layers of spray tan, it just well, it, it wouldn't work on any planet. So how would you spray tan? I mean, there's like mitts. You'd use a mitt. I would want it like, if I were going to do something, I would want to have it where I could lather it on perfectly. Like, I want something I can like. But where do you live in your life? Like, you're going out that night. How do you touch anything? How do you like sit anywhere? Like, what do you do? It it would dry within like 10 minutes. It does? Does it? I I thought it like lives one night. This is a true story. I I was in Vegas for this event, this paid event. 
And Khloe Kardashian, her fucking spray tan got all over me and the couch and it uh, got ruined maybe, my dress. Maybe it needs a cure. Yeah, it was like, yeah. control your spray tan. Like, right. keep your spray control tan your to tan. yourself. Control your tan. Give your fucking tan to yourself. 100%. By the way, <laughs> that was before she was as big as she is now. Imagine how major I'd be if I sold on eBay my dress that Khloe Kardashian tainted with her tan. I mean, yeah. I don't have that. I get rid of everything. Okay, so, all right. So we're talking about... Um, I told you I didn't come to play. I have like I analyze. No, you ever you you understand? I okay. analyze. You analyze. So, what do you think of Tinsley, the girl? So the girl. There's a little comment that Dorinda makes, and I don't know if it was in this episode or the next one, where Dorinda's talking about all Tinsley's fancy outfits because Tinsley had a very rich boyfriend. She's broken up with him during this episode. But the reason why I'm trying to set her up is because I'm trying to, like, get her off the former guy. So she's the one that went on the first date with the guy and she was saying the most ridiculous shit? Yes. She was with a rich guy that she actually met on the show through another castmate. And I'm sort of giving you the fast forward. We think that they're broken up. But there are signs that they might not be because she's still, like, buying all these really expensive bags and dresses. And we all know what, like that she don't got it like that. So we're wondering, Dorinda's wondering how she's popping tags every night. And so that's like a subplot that like, that's a subplot going on. But I want to, you know how you want to keep the person off the guy they were with and like, you just want to entertain them and get them set up. So I wanted to set her up with someone because I'm thinking she's really broken up with him. I don't realize that I think that, that, uh, that she might be still with him. So that's, oh, so you thought they were completely split. And it turns out maybe she wasn't. Well, we later find out they got back together and we don't think they were split. And the, the popping tags and the things that she were buying were like sort of a, a sign that they might still be together. So that's why Dorinda was mentioning her outfit and that she has all these outfits. So I set her up with this guy. What did you think of what she was saying on the first date? Uh, she didn't know she was mic'd. I, at the date? Out. Oh, right. man. You guys did her dirty. On. We did? I mean, she has brutal game. Wow. Sorry, like. I mean, it was nuts. Like, Why? <laughs> Tell me. She was like, first thing she asked him, I think, was how old he was. I think he was like 60. Okay. Is that what he said? Right. Is it? Right. And then she was like talking about like, she didn't know if she wanted to have kids or more kids. And like, just the worst things ever you could say. Like, I'm if I met a girl and started telling me about how she wanted another kid or something, I'd be like, <laughs> gone. Like, don't discuss. So what are the things you shouldn't discuss? In the first five she minutes did, on a date. She did, like, sauce him up with, like, a nice little kiss and stuff, though. So I'm sure he was loving it. Um, cause she was, like, an attractive attractive gal. I mean, he's 60. I mean, I'm sure he was like, oh, I'll go back. Screw it. It'll be a good time. But it just was not an ideal first date. Um, but what did you think about the fact that she said she was a kissing slut? What does that mean I love you? that for her. I mean, you love that journey I, I, feel like, I feel like our generation judges less. If it was my mom, I mean... She, and it was like I'm trying to think. If I had a daughter, I would have a meltdown. Like I would hate if that. If she said I was a kissing, she said she was a kissing slut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least she said a kissing slut. Right. So she's like trying to say like I'm not a slut. I'm just a kissing slut. Right. But doesn't that mean like that you saw one mouse and there's really twelve <laughs> under the floor floorboards? You're how many kissing bodies do you have? Like right. that's how she is. Like, right. Well, I've kissed forty-seven, but I've only gotten bed with three. So, your generation. No problem. You meet a girl, no problem. Sleep together, first date. Like you're not judging her. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You like her. You're connecting. You're calling her the next day. Or there is a little. There is a little rust. Mm, it really just depends. Like percentage. We got to do some numbers. Isn't that? Go ahead. I'll give you. I'll be real. I'll, I'll okay. keep it ninety plus ten over here. You're gonna keep it ninety plus um, ten. Why? Is I'm it pretty picky 20? for the most part. Like I, I'm. I'm pretty picky about that. So usually for me, like. If I hooked up with a girl on the first night, I probably see something in her that like would make me believe that there's potential to have a relationship or something. Not always. Hold on, what does hooked up mean? If I hooked right. up with a girl on the first like, night, that's like, sleeping together. Yeah, you like you sleep with them. So saying I hooked up with her doesn't mean I made out with her. It's no, no, 100%. no. Whenever I say I hook up, I mean like we had sex. It's getting serious. Okay, got it. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay, so Anyways, you, if so I know. hooked up with a girl, it's because like yeah, I had sex with her. So. I would say, mm, I don't know. It depends. Some guys, like, don't don't get me wrong. There's girls I see, like, you're attracted to them for whatever reason. Like, I don't, like, judge. But, like, if I hooked up with a girl that's, like, tongue, like, I'm just saying, like, uh, like a tongue tattoo or, like, just some crazy shit. Like, 
you're like in the moment when you're drunk it was kind of hot but then like you wake up and they say you're like i never even want to think about the fact that i had sex with you like no um so i would say i've but it's not a deal breaker at all no 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 no. like i've like i've had girls that i've dated and i like hooked up with them on like maybe the second date for the first and you've been together yeah okay like it isn't really it also matters if you're feeling it so strongly then no it's unavoidable and it's enjoyable you're not going to judge something like that. i mean not only that but it's like if you get with them it's like or if you start dating them it's like whatever you're gonna wait and do the same thing it's like it's gonna happen it's gravity okay yeah i get i get why it doesn't work as much because obviously i'm not marrying those girls like i dated them for a while why is that obvious um, I would say it's obvious for the fact that, like, I think if you wait in the, I don't know, it's just a respect thing. That's what I'm trying to like say. Like, if so you the re- odds really you ma- respect okay, now we're someone. Into, so the odds of you marrying someone that you sleep with on the first night. Sometimes it just happens. Like, you might find a really hot girl and you guys have really good chemistry and you got way too drunk. But that's 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 life. But that's the odds right. of you marrying that person are slim is what you're saying. I'd say it would lower it, yeah. Okay, so... What my audience is, you know, my age, women, moms, etc. for the most part, what percentage of young women are sleeping with men on the first date? I wouldn't say first. First is pretty strong. Like okay. random hookups. I would say most girls by the time she's my age, like 22, 23, has probably had anywhere from like three to eight or nine hookups. A hookup is sex too? Random Like hookups. Like a first night. Like called a, we called it a one night stand in my, my day. I was so proud. Yeah, I would say it leans closer to the three. I said eight because, like, there's something to have. Three, but, but a random, an RH. An I would RH, say most girls by. RHU by is, is an RHU is a, um, is, is a one-night stand. Yeah, RHU I mean, some girls would be like, me, never, I never. But I would say, like, at least one, but most likely, like, two or three. Okay, so Tinsley's a kissing slut. She said kissing all the wrong slut. things on the first date. And then she came in, and did you see the hypocrisy? In the fact that she was slurring, but Luann is now in the holier than thou position. I saw that's when you got really heated. That's when they, that's where I was like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of like playing games on my phone and listening and like kind of watching. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, Ooh. I heard her slur the words. I didn't understand why you were that mad, but now that you told me the story that you helped her. Well, she's now the expert on being sober. When she was just in a field and in lingerie having to be You called her captured. out, too, which was crazy. Wait, why? I had no idea what you were talking about. I was like, holy shit. Well, what did you think must have happened? Well, th- when it really got heated is when you mentioned like, how you were, like, essentially helping her from not embarrassing her children. And I was like, damn. That's like mama bear, like, fighting words, usually. So that was the craziest part of that. Interesting. You thought me saying to her so your kids wouldn't find out? That was the day in the backyard with the lawyers and, like, the intervention. You oh, yeah. Kid. If my, if, like, I think out of... Interesting. I would, that to me is, like, I didn't even notice that. I'm just thinking, like, if someone ever says something about, like, a mom's kids, that's when I, like, just... That's whenever you're really trying to flip the switch, you know? I just flip the switch? Oh, uh, you flip the switch. Really? Yeah, you, you've lit the burner. It's on. It's on fire. But did you believe me? Uh, yeah, I will say she stayed pretty calm and collective. You liked her. You're allowed to, you're allowed to think I'm the villain, by the way. I'm happy to be the villain. No, 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 no. I think she was being an asshole, but also I'm kind of an emotionless person. Like I'm not very good with emotions, so I understand people like her better, but you were right. But I, you're saying who gives a shit? I took a swim in the ocean. You bunch of whiny, yeah, I'd be whiny like, fuck bitches. You. Like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, you know, whatever. Well, she, listen, we were all in Turks and Caicos one time. And she brought home two guys, and no one knew who they were. And she so she put a good front on, by the way. Yes, this but episode no. was a front but for she, her. Yes, but she's brought guys home to the house and just left them in the house in like another room. And one of the other girls woke up and saw a strange guy. And Luann was like, "Don't it just be cool? Why can't you be That's cool? That's a little much. So, That's a little so, much. But as a guy, you see, like, who gives a shit? This for guys a guy, I understand Luann's perspective more because I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Right. But yeah, you 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 let her have it for sure. I think you won the argument. Do you think life is a cabaret? Or you don't really know what a cabaret is. So you can't make a good life sun? is not a cabaret. I wish it was sometimes. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. From think- time to time, like I go through periods. You know. 
Yeah. You ever had like wild periods? Where you want life to be a cabaret? Yeah. Yes. And it gets kind of wild and then you're like, whoa. Life is not a cabaret. It, life is not. You can make that you could make that popular on TikTok facts. Laugh, life is not all, a cabaret. Because all the stupid stuff that comes on TikTok is throwbacks. Like I'll watch you guys doing dances of shit that was our songs from the roller rink in eighth grade. <laughs> and you guys think you're all so fucking cool. And so like it's just like so stupid that something like you or some one of these dum dums could end up doing a dance or saying life is not a cabaret. And all these young people like Bryn comes into my house and she's saying, Life is not a cabaret. Not because of me, not because of the housewives, but because you did some my money don't jiggle dance to life is not a cabaret <laughs> and they all fucking think it's real. That's TikTok to me. That literally is TikTok to me. All the old throwbacks. It is oh a lot God. of that. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. That's a song from the fucking 70s that you all made so cool now from Elton John. And you all think you're so cool. Elton John's a beast. He's a beast. So I'm just saying, it's like that's an old person's it song. Is. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Huh? Oh! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's interesting, though, and not... It's a weird thing. To be successful on television, in reality television... Um, you got, you got to go where the fish are, where the action is. You know what I mean? I came on that trip. I was known. There's a comment at the end where I said, well, I'm always the last to come and the first to leave. Because because of my daughter, when I went back to Housewives and no one knows this, I had a very special deal. I said, I'm only coming back. They came back and they threw money at me. And I said, I'm only coming back, but I need these parameters. And it's not because I'll give a thousand percent when I'm there. I don't want to work less than anyone else, but I have my daughter. And back then my custody situation was very stringent my kids my life so I had to have the schedule be like if they decide for the whole cast when the trip is I'm not going to change that because of my custody schedule but there would be a situation where they'd have to do it on these days they'd be like guys I've got to fucking come a day late and leave a day early and the producers would freak out and I would just have to do it that way but when I came I would come correct not missing a goddamn scene threading everything together going into every room connecting everybody like there's a lot that goes on underneath that no one sees where I 
was just always making sure that like story was moving forward. So while I'm, it's all a thousand percent real, I'm still aware that me laying around talking about a sample sale in the meatpacking district is not going to move the number. Like you need to be, you know, the audience has what they want to talk about, hear about, understand. So you got to fucking move the traffic. So I was really good at that. And that's why you see a lot of the scenes and, and times that I'm in, like things pop off. Because the producers would say, we cut out the whole first day. We used nothing from that day. And the day you left, we didn't include any of it. Because that's just, I'm a meat kind of person. I don't like foreplay. I don't need after a cigarette. I need, what are we doing? Let's fucking get it now. So that's just how I am. So the trips are when it's really, that was a five-day trip. I was only there three days. But like you see, I get there and we're talking about Sonia and what's her situation and her drinking and what happened with Luann and what's happening with Barbara. Like if you think about it. There's a lot. And you see that I'm like in a lot of it, navigating it, Tinsley. Like that's you, what I was saying. You're a therapist. I asked if they paid you extra to be a therapist. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. It was crazy. Right. And and sometimes I'm tempted. I'm never really tempted to go back because of the rinse. But sometimes you want to just get on the field and be like, "Come on, guys, what the fuck," because the show is really <laughs> different now. But so what I was getting at is when you're there, though, you're like on this adrenaline, and you're almost like alcohol thirsty. You're just your body's moving in a different way and you just like want a drink because you're excited. It's sort of like right. pre-game. You're excited. Where, you know, you're not, it's never fake They feed you too. It's like, I understand like they are setting you up to say something and do something on camera. Like that's what they want. Well, they would love that. Right. But it's whenever they say that they're pushing people to drink on The Bachelor or The Housewives or anything, they, they, they have alcohol there. They don't need to push you. You just... It's the you're, environment. You're, you're, yeah. you're pre You're in your bedroom with your girlfriend's <laughs> like getting ready. And you're just like, give me a drink. It's cute. We have a solo cup. Like you just feel different. It's like you feel different when you're watching the Super Bowl than when you do just sitting around in your backyard doing nothing. Like it's the vibe. So when you're shooting the house, it's just sure, give me a drink. I'll have a drink. Do you want a drink? We'll have a drink. Let's all have a drink. Right. Get a drink. I'll then have one drink. is three and then three is five. Yeah, 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 you're getting attention. You want it. But then when you combine that with the cameras and then like you say one thing that like out of the corner of your eyelash you think might have been like a skew that you shouldn't have said you're in your fucking head and then you're like if you're like Ramona you don't care you've literally demolished a whole race with one comment and you get the next drink and you forget you just said it and I if I said one thing that like I felt bad about or I said wrong in my mind I'd be like whoa dude I'd think about it for two months but alcohol just like adds to that whole crazy soup of shit you'll say and stuff that will pop off and it's just, it's concentrated. So you're talking to people about their drinking, which intellectually, you know, could be way worse because of doing the show. Like, right. I don't think, like, Sonia, and you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, that's hard. It's like, a, it's like a cycle. It's like finding yourself and, like, then losing yourself and then trying to find it again. I, I've never thought of that. I've never heard about it. I think you're spot on because in your 20s, that's when people... You're going, you want to tell other people, God, you're fucking doing the wrong thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're watching people make Which stupid- you're a little bit different, by the way, because you have a unique career and everything. But like. No, but you and your friends, you're watching people who have the, the world on a platter and you're watching them fuck it up and do stupid right. things. And I'm saying, yes, that can happen at all ages. But when you have women that no longer have the same responsibility, no longer have the same hotness, there's a desperation that comes in no longer have the same opportunity. I'm going to go meet a guy in my 20s. I'm pretty, whatever. I live in New York right. City. There's a desperation that happens. And I feel like when you were, when people are younger, you watch young kids like drink too much, do stupid things, not thinking. Not- I was just thinking about the other day. I said this with one of my buddies. I'm like, even when we were in college, all of your friends are in one spot. Like, you know, like I can't even go back anymore and see a lot of my friends from college because it's like one's over here, one's over there, one's here. And like... You know, you kind of take it for granted. And I think whenever you're older, you realize that. So then you even have that on top of it, too. Because, like, I took it for granted. I can't go back. I don't look as good. And, you know, a lot of the guys that are my age now have families and kids. You can't just go on Tinder and swipe and find a bunch of attractive, successful, single, you know, men that are your age. So it just makes everything so much crazier. That's interesting. Age. There's a lot here about age. It's I think like, it hits girls harder too than guys. What getting getting older and being irrelevant? Yeah, just like just feeling kind of like old and washed up and bored. Well, I'll tell you what's interesting about the housewives. One day you and I will talk about like 
all the scandals and all the arrests. There have been, there's two topics. One, <laughs> no, you, I know you don't know about any of those, but one, um, many of the housewives used to be blank. Like Camille Grammer was married to Kelsey Grammer, the guy who made all that money from Friends. I know Frasier. that name. Okay, Frazier. So it was a big show, like as big as Friends or ER, massive, really rich, like all this like Seinfeld type money. So she was married to him. Then he got with another younger woman. Now she's a housewife. Luann, the woman who um, was on the cabaret poster, she was married to a count. She had a royal title because her husband was part of the family that gave the Statue of Liberty for the French. Like real shit. So that's his family. She was married to him. She used to be a countess. She kept the title, but she used to be married to a count. Sonia, the one you like that reminds you of yourself, she used to be married to a member of the J.P. Morgan family. So she talks about the Morgan okay. letters and going to the Morgan. She used to be married. So there's a lot of. Is this like public? Like people know this? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. So, I'm so, just they, lost, so, right. so one of the girls on Beverly Hills right now, her name is Erica Jane. She's in the news every day for this whole crazy scandal. But she was married to a guy who was a big, famous, rich lawyer. It all got just kind of taken down because it's all a scam. But like she was the wife of this big major lawyer. It's a it's a big thing. It's a thread throughout all of the housewives, people that either used to be something or used to be married to something. So that was their peak. Now they got their second chance at a peak because now they're famous on their own. They're so you're like the only money. one that didn't have that? Not the, oh, oh, the only one. Denise Richards was a Bond girl and she was married to Charlie Sheen and she, you know, She's beautiful and was in all these amazing movies. And then now she's a housewife. That's not quite the same. So, yeah, m many of them, it's like Dancing with the Stars, where they were really famous or at the peak of something. Right, and right. And then later they come It's like and a dynamic the to the story that makes it interesting. It's interesting. And no, I was, I like Lisa Rinna is on Beverly Hills. She was an actress. She was married to Harry Hamlin. This like really, oh, she is married to Harry Hamlin. He used to be like a big time actor. And she, you know, she now has had a revival of her career because Beverly Hills is a little more... Um, elevated and less, tra it's tragic in a different way. But many of these people had a lot of relevance in a different way. And now this revived that for them. So they like were married. They got, Dorinda's a girl. She was married to a wealthy guy. He knew the Clintons. He worked in politics. Then, you know, he passed away and you're sort of just like living your life. Your, your kids are older, like you said. And like, now what am I doing? Well, the housewives comes along and loves that. Oh crop. yeah, it's like loves that the saving grace. Because they, they give all of it and they still have that like desperation and they get newfound fame again so they get to be famous even more they weren't famous and it's personal fame it's personal fame it's not fame adjacent so but then people want on this show so badly that there's other side shit so that's one bucket i just told you about i used to be then there's this thing so i wasn't that i was just a, a broke girl trying to be something on the other side i wasn't this either some, I was always saying how broke I was and I was in my Ikea apartment. I was honest about it. There's this thing where because the audience seems to want to look at rich or because Bravo wants to show rich, there's a lot of all show and no go. So there are people who go on and they just can't help it. They have to show a Ferrari. They can't help it. They don't, haven't seen all these cautionary tales I'm going to tell you about, but they have to drive a Ferrari. And in many cases, it's rented or leased or some bullshit. Right. So in one scene of Jersey Housewives in the beginning... The woman is paying. She's with this guy. They're like Italian Jersey, and she's a big character. And she, they're paying in all cash. She's doing my 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 house, and she's paying in all cash for all this furniture, like a hundred stack to pay for all this furniture in Jersey for this new house she's doing. Cut to her husband gets caught caught for tax evasion. She signed all the paperwork. She didn't know. They both go to jail. Another story. Salahis. This is the this is Washington D.C. Real what is Housewife, going on? Real Housewives of D.C. They all over the news, they were on the Real Housewives of D.C., all over the news, broke into the fucking White House for a White House dinner. They they crashed, like wedding crashers, but at the White House. They arrested. That's the worst idea ever. Arrested. Luann, in Palm Beach, doing whatever, in a hotel room, ends up in the wrong room, doing crazy shit, verbally abuses a police officer. She gets arrested. Okay. Um, just recently, a girl, Jen Shaw, I don't know who she is and I've never watched the show, but she's in Salt Lake City. I guess she was doing like illegal Ponzi schemes over the phone, like getting money from people. I didn't see this, so I can't speak directly on it. She just got arrested. Erica Jane, the one I just told you, married to this guy. He was involved in this very famous case that the movie Aaron Brockovich was, was, um, based on. 
and she was living this life and she's on the show saying, I spend 50,000 a month on my glam. It's expensive to be me. She has a song. She's got money bows in her hair. She's hot. She's all rich. She's got stylish. She's flying fucking hair and makeup to Dubai. She's the richest bitch. They all are trying to be like her. She's wearing latex, etc. Boom. Her husband gets caught. So I'm saying there's a thread on this show where there's all these criminals <laughs> and all these people that must show how rich they are. And then they end up getting arrested. It's fucking crazy and it's rampant. Did I haven't even told you all of it? I told you maybe half. That's the show I was on. That's the franchise I was in. That's, That's where 13 seasons comes from. That's what we're rewatching. <laughs> so. Okay. Got it? Yeah, first episode I feel like was a good starter though. Yeah. It was a solid one. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.